Welcome to Worth Watching Once, a podcast where we review Netflix original films and let you know if they're worth watching or worth skipping. I'm Brady, that's Thais, we're your hosts, and today we're looking at His House. It's a 2020 British-American drama horror thriller directed by Remy Weeks that clocks in at a brisk one hour and 33 minutes. The premise... As a young couple from war-torn South Sudan seeks asylum and a fresh start in England, they're tormented by a sinister force living in their new home. Or a refugee couple makes a harrowing escape from a war-torn South Sudan, but then they struggle to adjust to their new life in English town that has an evil lurking beneath the surface. (laughs) Why did I read it like a cereal box? Or that. (laughs) Or that, yeah. <laughs> That's Google. <laughs> it's a horror film, despite how mm-hmm. you said that. But it is, a, it is a very scary film. I think the listeners can tell that it's a horror film by how happy I am. Yeah, by how excited you are. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. It's, those ones right up your alley. <laughs> the the scores, IMDb, it is a 6.5. Seems a little low to me. Agreed. A horror is not everybody's bag, so I get it. Ron Tomatoes, this has to be the highest rated movie I've ever done, right? At least with a critic score. Definitely. A hundred percent from the critics. A hundo. One double. Oh, let's go. That's insane. 74% from the audience. Again, horror is not everybody's bag. I get it. It This is a good film, though. I think also when this movie came out, the climate (laughs) was a little heated in these topics. So I'm wondering if that also had something to do with it. Like at the time, like, cause a lot of people use right movies to get away from what's going on in our real lives. So when these movies mm. are kind of reiterating what's happening in our lives, like some people just can't handle it. So that might've like clouded their judgment, like of how good this movie is and like how well the story is is told based yeah. on just like how burnt out they are by these topics. I don't know. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you know, something, uh, something I was thinking about while I was watching it was, you know, this movie and movies like it that deal with, uh, you know, people experiencing real life horrors, mm-hmm. horrors that I can't even fathom can be incredibly tough to talk about. And the first scene of this movie gives us a brief insight into the horrible situation uh, that they're dealing with that's actually a sad reality for so many people. And while we're watching this film and seeing the more traditional horror aspects of it on the screen, you know, like the creepy tension, the jump scares, et cetera, we're reminded every so often that the true horror isn't the entertainment that we're seeing on the screen, but the actual horror that real people whom these characters represent endure on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I was thinking about that. It, it felt disingenuous for us to talk about the film, you know, the entertainment product that it is, because mm-hmm. this is a fun space. We want to talk about the movies and enjoy it. Um, but I felt like we just wanted to address that first. Yeah. And thank you for addressing it because I was going to <laughs> immediately when I mean, I, I didn't read really the synopsis. I kind of just went in blind like I normally do. And yeah. 
I was like, oh no, should we not do this movie? Because I, I get like, like you said, like I felt right. like we weren't the right people to probably bring up these mm-hmm. topics. Um, yeah, no doubt. But also maybe we, mm, I'm going to say this very lightly, <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> like in a way, like maybe we are because these are, this is a conversation that like I don't have daily with people. I Mm -hmm. never talk about refugees. I never talk about South Sudan. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea what was going on. I'm like, I just very ignorant, I guess, to that. And so the movie did its job in getting this topic in our homes for people like me who just had no idea what was going on. So maybe we're like the, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> no doubt. And, and it's it's a movie and we talk about movies. Mm-hmm. So having said all that, we yes. have to talk about his house because holy moly, this was a special horror film, an absolute uh, goosebumps film. Mm-hmm. Like I was constantly getting goosebumps and chills yes. and I'm just like shuddering thinking about it now because mm-hmm. it was it was awesome. So why don't we, we don't talk about it, but let's first, you know, get through the housekeeping items. Let's talk about the director. So the director was Remy Weeks. His house is Remy Weeks first and to date only feature film, Mm -hmm. though he has cut his teeth on a few shorts. Thais, I don't suppose you have anything to say about that (laughs) or do you? Oh my God. So I looking into this guy um, and seeing like that he had a ton of shorts and um, it was an article that I had read um, that unfortunately I didn't write down which article it was, but they mentioned how similar, not mm, me re- reword this. Um, there were similarities in how he did his house with a short <laughs> A short that he uh, directed called Tickle Monster, <laughs> which is hilarious. Tickle Monster? Tickle Monster, which the name didn't. Uh, so in Brazil, we have this saying. <laughs> you know how like people say like, oh, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Like in Brazil, it's the coin to drop. Like if you put a, you know, a token inside a machine. Makes sense. And it, like, yeah. yeah. So like for me, the token didn't drop <laughs> of the name until like. 45 seconds in because <laughs> it's a short it's only like three three minutes and 30 seconds long I think oh it's super short with credits it was like four minutes long uh so I was at work and I needed a break and I was like I'm gonna put this on <laughs> and so so let me set the scene here I'm sitting at my workbench and I have my coworkers talking behind me the lights are all on right All I have on are like broken headphones, like one ear doesn't really work as well as the other. Uh, So like my volume's kind of like all the way up on my phone. And I put this on. It was the scariest and also like most entertaining, fun three and a half minutes I, I think I have ever lived. And I know that sounds like probably too crazy, but after the movie was done, I was hysterically laughing, like just giggling to myself because I was just so happy. It tickled. You were tickled by <laughs> I it. I was tickled. Like oh, a part boy. of my brain that just like 
hasn't been tickled in so long. And I like forgot what it felt like. (laughs) And it was almost as if like all the, the feelings that I had watching his house were compacted into three and a half minutes long. And so like, I ran through all those emotions in such a quick time that it was like the most exhilarating experience I've ever had. So like my coworkers were like, what the hell's happening to you? And I'm over there like laughing. Like I could not control myself. I was just so excited, so scared. Like I had the heebie-jeebies driving home because I kept thinking about this fucking tickle monster. <laughs> and as funny as it is to say tickle monster and the like concept of a tickle monster, like he took like, yeah, this like little cutesy, like, oh, the tickle monster and like somehow managed to turn it into like the most horrifying thing, but then also kept like the humor in it and like play it around with just like claustrophobia and like your house, you know, being invaded. Like it's, it's not your own anymore. Right. Like now there's something in it. Like that's scary as fuck. Cause like, this is your house and you should feel safe in it. And suddenly like there's an intruder And so he played around with those themes with, but like, he went from like being scary back to funny, back to like calm to scary to funny. And he does it in such a nice, like connected way that like, it's not like, it's not broken up like the way I just described it. (laughs) Like if just, it feel it's like watching like waves come and crash down and then go back again. Like it's as calming as that. I don't think I'm doing it justice. Everyone go watch Tickle Monster. (laughs) I watched it on Vimeo. I don't know where else you could probably watch it. Maybe YouTube, who knows? Um, I will link it on the show notes to this episode. So that way you don't have to go searching for it. And let me know how tickled you were by this movie. Cause it's just, it's great. And if you like the short, you'll love his house because then it's just, his house is a, like a, a longer version of that. So if you enjoyed like that little burst of like, Ah, like excitement then you're gonna freaking love his house because ah, it, what a ride what a beautiful cinematic ride mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, totally. um, so yeah and he has like a bunch of other shorts that i haven't watched yet unfortunately i didn't i didn't get to because i was like still freaking out about the tickle monster um i definitely want to watch all the other ones if any of you have seen it let me know which one's your favorite um, maybe we can do like a little poll or something on Instagram or, um, Twitter, like let us know if you're into that, but I suggest everyone check out all his other things after you've watched his house, because he is definitely very talented at his directing and storytelling. Um, it is, I'm a big fan now. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Talented dude has a good eye. Yeah. Um, also, he has got like the cutest smile. Have you looked him up? He's like such a big smile. <laughs> you know, I did look him up, but I don't think I took notice of his smile. How so that's on not? me. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it was that like out. The thing that attracted me the most. I was like, look at that smile. My like- my looking him up was pre- purely informative. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big miss by me. You're right. You gotta pay more attention to that. Yeah, man. So the actors. <laughs> yes. Who's in this movie? <laughs> who's in the movie? I apologize. Name pronunciations sometimes aren't my bag. I'm good at watching movies. Sometimes fall a little short of the names. So I'm just <laughs> going to throw that out there. But we have Wumi Mosaku, who played Rial. She has some great credits to her name. 
like she was in Loki on Disney yes. Plus. Great show. I just finished, by the way, super side note. I know oh, I'm like wicked behind everything, but just finished it and then was so excited to see her do something yes. else because I thought yeah, she was good. so great in that. <laughs> yep. Another show I really like that was on HBO, Love, Lovecraft Country. She was Ruby Batiste. Oh, my God. Thank All right. you. <laughs> um, some other ones. I also recognize her from Playtest episode of Black Mirror. I feel like we've mentioned that recently on uh, on an episode. Oh, Shimmer Lake. The um, what uh, Russell, Kurt Russell's son was uh, was in that episode, play test episode of Black Mirror. There you go. If you miss Shimmer Lake, stop now. Go back. There you go. Check it out. <laughs> the uh, she was in the fifth season of Luther. It's a great BBC show. Other credits include I haven't seen uh, some of these, but the end of the uh, effing world, the end of the mm. effing world. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Batman versus Superman, and many more. She's been a lot of good stuff. She was great in this. She's busy. Who wasn't good in this, though? Playing her husband was Sope Dirasu. He played her husband, Ball. He was new to me. I didn't recognize him from anything. I looked up his credits. I hadn't seen any of it, so I can't speak to him. He was fantastic in it. Did an awesome job. Uh, but according to IMDb, he's known for Gangs of London, Humans, The Huntsman, Winter's War, Next of Kin, and The Halcyon. Have you seen any of those? Um, I've seen Huntsman, but I don't really like remember him in it. Yeah, it was the sequel he was in. Oh, he was also in Black Mirror. Oh, he was. Anyway, he was also great in this. The last guy I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention, Matt Smith, because yep. he... You know, I, I recognize him from The Crown. He played Prince Philip on uh, the first two seasons of the Netflix show The Crown. BBC fans are going to know him as the Doctor on Doctor Who. He's been a bunch of other stuff too, um, but he was probably like the third, you know, definitely a, a minor role compared to the other two, but probably the third biggest speaking part in the movie. Recognizable dude. So I thought I, I'd mention him. Should we talk about this? Should we get oh to God. it? How I don't even know how to start. Brady. <laughs> I feel like we need to do like some meditation or something. <laughs> okay. Uh, all of my questions have to deal with their situation. <laughs> I learned a lot about refugees during this movie. <laughs> uh, Will say was confused about the detention scenario. Um, my jaw dropped when apparently there's only supposed to live on like 74 pounds that's like a hundred bucks like was it a month it was a month wasn't it that they said like oh you're only allowed 74 pounds a month and i'm like what (laughs) i missed that detail but that's head spinning yeah because that's Um, isn't london like the most expensive city in the world i mean you said it confidently enough that i'm gonna agree with you (laughs) i I think it's up there but it is it's a hundred dollars it's so it's like I spent a hundred dollars a week. How am I supposed to do that? Like a month. Um, I was just, I was very confused at the idea of like, they're not allowed to do literally anything, but then they're also told like to assimilate, (laughs) right? Like go be an American. And it's like, how are they allowed to be an American? If they're like not allowed out the house, not allowed to have a job. I'm assuming like, I think that means watch TV. 
Like watch TV, <laughs> yeah, shop go, online, go get listen that. to yeah. American music. Right. Listen to worth watching ones. <laughs> and then once once you've like watched enough The Office <laughs> and you start to like know the memes, you're on your way. Right. Like that's I don't know. It, it's it, it's a crazy concept. Yes. So I guess let me so let's maybe explain a little bit what's going on in this movie. So like the movie starts off just th- literally throwing you in the deep end of <laughs> a pool, which is an ocean. And like, you're watching this couple, like cross the sea into like the UK and like hell breaks loose essentially. And then like, you're being woken up like from a dream. And then it's like the wife saying like, Oh, you were screaming again. Like, what were you having a dream about? And he was like, our wedding day. <laughs> and she's like, that explains the screams. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I was hooked at that moment. I was like, I love her, love their relationship. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. Like, uh, you know, how they're going to explain away like that. Cause I didn't know what was going on. Like his dream about them being on a boat and an ocean and storms and people drowning. Maybe I was just like, so confused. Um, But at the same time, I was like, was there, was there like a massacre on their wedding day? Was their (laughs) wedding day like like a horrible situation did they get married on the boat yeah i don't, <laughs> I, I don't know that didn't cross my that's really funny <laughs> that's like that's the horror that's lurking beneath the surface in this movie yeah because you don't know that's the thing like you don't know and it keeps like insinuating and you're like what actually happened and okay so but they uh go into they like sit in front of a bunch of white people <laughs> white british mm-hmm. people and they're like mm-hmm all right, like, we know you're asylum seekers, but like, we're not allowing you to do anything except for you're going to live in this house that we get to pick, like, no fuss about it. Like, you don't like this house? Sucks to suck. Like, this is where you're going to live from now on. And we're going to give you no money. And we're going to ask you to do the absolute impossible in joy. (laughs) Like, the UK. <laughs> and let me set up this house too, because like, don't oh. be picturing, uh, <laughs> you know, a nice suburban home. Mm-mm. This was like edge of the city house that was wicked rundown. Yeah. And, you know, they're going through and they're like some holes in the walls and trash. There's everywhere. like, there's like food. I don't know. It was like a pizza or something. He opens up the box yeah. and there's like, maggots all over it was like disgusting yep and they even mentioned like the the smell there's like oh just like open up the windows the smell should go away yeah just air it out you can't air out mold (laughs) like you need to scrub this place down i just and then the thought that they would have to live there like they can't go anywhere else that's their home forever now seemingly right like like the one saving (laughs) grace was i was like well, they're not allowed to do anything, so I guess you just like clean the house, work on the house. But then, like, like with, that's all you can do. Yeah, but like with seventy-four pounds a month, right? Like, how are you supposed to buy? Oh, supplies you can't. You to, can't. Like, you can't fix it up. You can't fix it up. You can, you can barely. Like, it's like you're gonna have time food. to like try to try to throw out the roach pizza. Yeah. It's, it's just it's like an awful situation that they walked into. Yeah, and it's um, an awful situation they left. Oh my God. Yeah. But, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, bull, the husband, he is very like, I'm ready to, you know, 
start this new life, right? Like he's like ready to dive in head first. And um, is it Rial? Rial? I think it was Rial, yes. right? Is I yeah. Um, she seems more mm, reserved about like just jumping into a new society and boom, done. Like you're it. Like you're just gonna, you know. Like it, it was like I love the tension between the two of them of like, you know, him buying all the new clothes and like trying to look like everyone else mm-hmm. and her trying to, you know, keep their tradition as much as she can. Like she gets that they're in a better place. Well, <laughs> right. Uh, and there's yeah. something else. There's something else going on here, too, because when they crossed the I'm assuming the Mediterranean and their ship sank. Mm-hmm. And they had to be rescued by you know, rescuers in boats. Mm-hmm. They lost their daughter. Yeah, They show up and they say, we lost our daughter on the journey. So there is some, I mean, they don't seem like super devastated by it, mm-hmm. but there's absolute trauma there. Yeah. It's a huge theme in the movie. Trauma is a huge theme in the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. If they- maybe like the theme. But they left, they have trauma from their experience in South Sudan, where mm-hmm. where they were from. And they yeah. have this trauma of losing a child yeah. on the journey over. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, they the story it um plays around with like PTSD, like as well. Like when Bull starts to hear things, you know, he's reminded of that night on the boat. He's constantly mm-hmm. having dreams about the night on the boat. Like, um, and that's why I think like this movie tells the story so well, because it, it does that whole like ping ponging between like true horror and then the paranormal. Right. And like at first, so, you know, the first 15 or 20 minutes, I'm like, you know, things start to happen in the house. <laughs> Tell them what Creepy I texted stuff. you. <laughs> What's it like while you're watching it? Yeah, I like I texted Brady. I was like, I'm 12 minutes in and I'm shitting myself. <laughs> and he's like, love to hear it or whatever. Yeah, love to hear it. Sometimes that's what you want out of a movie. <laughs> but it really is like I didn't expect things to get that scary so quickly. Usually movies take a little bit for it to build. Mm. And so maybe that's what like I wasn't expecting. But okay, I can I? Oh my god! Okay, explain the scene, and then I'll tell you what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I can't contain myself. (laughs) All right, I'll just tell you. Okay, so like you were saying, Bull starts hearing like weird shit coming from the walls. Right, he hears humming, and he's like, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, but without all the swearing, (laughs) and. Like a dumb person in every movie, <laughs> he goes to explore it. <laughs> but also, like, what else is he supposed to do? This is his whole world now. Is this dumb house? I mean, <laughs> we criticize people in situations like that, but like, you know, if there's a like a hole in your wall, you're just you're gonna like check it out. You're I mean, not gonna be probably. like, oh, there's something supernatural going on here. <laughs> well, probably not, be a no. freaked out. Definitely freaked well, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's, he like notices there's like sounds coming from the hole in his wall. And so like, probably like a, you know, 
a regular human being is probably thinking like, oh, there must be like a critter or something. Like he obviously is not thinking paranormal like Brady was mentioning. Hey, you want to see if there's a bat in there. Right. Chris Rogers, shout out. And so he, <laughs> like I said, his full name. <laughs> oh, they're going to hunt him down now. I'll find Chris Rogers. It's such a unique name. Shout out Chris, the bat hunter. <laughs> so Bull like starts reaching into the wall because he's like, oh, what's going on in this wall? Right. And you start to like the camera plays with um, like angles and direction a lot, like where it's like it'll show his face looking like if like as if the camera is coming out from the hole and you're seeing his face looking into the hole and then vice versa, where now you're seeing like a POV of his hand going in the hole and it keeps kind of going back and forth between like those two perspectives. I loved those shots, I, by the way. I it, thought it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Looking the way that- into the hole and it was just like pitch blackness mm-hmm. and so mysterious. And then like whoop goes from inside, you know, like almost like something's watching him. It was yeah. really well done. I loved the shots in the movie. And it, it was almost like, zoom. Oh. yeah, it's like, are we the ones watching him? Like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for, like, coming into your home. This is his house. <laughs> A little voyeurism. Yeah. And I so I paused it because that's 12 minutes into the movie when he's like reaching a stupid hand in that hole. And I paused it at the precise fucking scene where he moved his head slightly and I just see a little bit of a shadow behind him. And I started flipping my shit because I had paused it to text you and be like, shit's getting creepy. Like, I want to see how, like how far into the movie I am to let you know, like how creepy it is. Like so soon into the movie. And I, so I saw it before it kind of happened and I lost it. Absolutely. I like, <laughs> I wrote on my notes. I was like, oh my God, I pause it to type and he's going to end up losing his arm. And I'm looking like, holy fucking shit. But then as I'm like freaking out typing this Netflix, cause I'm watching it on my smart TV decides to like dim the movie. And then the title mm-hmm. card like came up. Yep. And so I lost the scene. So then I tried for literally like 15 minutes to get the exact spot that it was before. And I couldn't. So I watched that scene like five times. Of like the 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 well the jump. Speaking scare. of trauma, <laughs> yeah. So I'm traumatized um, over and over and over and over again. But doing so, I also clocked in on the makeup of spoiler alert the thing that's behind him, dude. <laughs> How amazing! One of my notes is the makeup was fantastic, just- especially you know the thing. Mm-hmm. Totally oh my god. Nailed. The- thing the thing and if you watch tickle monster it'll almost be like a hats off to his house or vice versa i'm just saying the thing he just i brilliantly done it's the creepiest thing i've ever seen (laughs) it's not called the thing by the way yeah audience (laughs) we just don't want to say what it's called i guess yet yeah. <laughs> a little a little mystery, you know. Mystery. Um but yeah, so because I started pausing it like in that moment and like looking at it and like kind of dissecting it, I I might have not given it away, but I started picking up on certain aspects of these beings that keep popping up. 
Um, and I and like like the movie gives you clues of what's going on, right? Like, and after like once you figure it all out, like it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yep. I did start like piecing it together, and I'm and I'm only saying I I started piecing it together early just because I had paused it when I did. Had I not, I think I would have just been more scared than anything and not realized. But well, you you talk about you know building up. They kind of dove into like the scares right away. Mm-hmm. But what they did an awesome job was of building was like. You know, I think we talked about a bit in, in Cam, but I love when movies, you have this feeling like there's more going on, mm-hmm. but you don't really know what it is and they're not explaining too much. And that's what this had. It, 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 they showed a little bit more than you usually get from a movie like that, but it, it was like slowly building the tension of, okay, there's more to this story. What mm-hmm. is it? And it was one of those movies too that, it didn't matter if it was nighttime, daytime, whatever lighting, like it was it was still spooky, right? Like it was still scary. Yeah, like some a lot of the scares took place in the daylight. In the yeah. So like I no- always recommend watching a movie like this at night in the dark because I think it's mm-hmm. like the best effect if you like that, you know, that feeling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, you know, daytime creepy too. Yeah. No time was safe. <laughs> No time and, was safe. And like the movie, even when it like backed off a little bit and was like, okay, like now we're going to have the couple just talk about like other things. Like, like you said, like that tension was still underneath it and like reading between each character's lines, like they were, it was like backhanded to each other. Yeah. <laughs> like it was neat that the writing was so good that I felt like I knew this couple. You know what I mean? Like just the mm-hmm. way that they communicated, it felt yeah. so. It felt very real. It felt real and also like familiar. I yeah. I, I want to yeah. use that. Like it's something that like we either I've experienced before, mm-hmm. or maybe could even see myself experiencing. I don't know, but it it just it felt familiar and it made me f- like feel comforted and like comfortable with them. And that put my guard down. So then when mm-hmm. things like did happen, I was like, ah! like, I forgot we're in a scary movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, they use these like little techniques to get you to like calm a little bit and like, here, take a breather. We're going to like insert a, a slight joke here, but then boom, fucking get scared. <laughs> it, it's coming from a director who like really seems to understand the genre. Mm-hmm. Because like they didn't reinvent the wheel, right? Like jump scares oh, are yeah, jump no. scares. Everybody yeah, no. uses jump scares, but he did it in like such a tasteful way that it felt like it renewed. Like I was like, ah, this is how jump scares should be. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that they did anything groundbreaking or new. They just mm-hmm. did everything that you should do well. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about one of my, like, speaking of camera angles, mm. uh, there is a scene where it's, it's, nighttime and bull is messing around with the hole in the wall yeah i loved how he was like slightly off center and there was like a light coming into the room that showed his shadow it was like the most poetic scene where like the music's getting really creepy and like it's it was like really intense and scary but at the same time it was like one of the most beautifully shot because it was just like it's just a man messing around with the hole in the wall but mm-hmm. like Cause you like, so when you're looking behind him, you can't really see what he's doing, but then his shadow is telling a completely different story. Right. And it was just, and there was so much going on. Cause the camera's like approaching him, like, you know, creepingly approaching him and the music's adding to it and you're watching his shadow. And it was just, 
I don't know. I lost myself in that scene. <laughs> I don't know who invented that, but I was watching Bram Stoker's Dracula recently. Mm-hmm. It's a Francis Ford Coppola film from the early nineties with like Keanu Reeves and Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins. There's a scene. I'm fun to suck your blood. Fi- you got it. Yeah, you got it. You've seen it clearly. So there's a scene early on where Gary Oldman, who plays Dracula, who's just absolutely brilliant in the role. He's like walking around his castle talking to Keanu Reeves, but his shadow is different, but it's like not completely different, not like super comically different. It's just a little bit off so that you're like really off put by and creeped out. So I'm sure they probably didn't like invent that for the movie. It probably goes like way, way back to like Nosferatu days. But it's a it's a great that's a great horror trope. That, Peter Pan days. Yeah. You know, the horror movies, like the good ones, just try to like, you know, unnerve you a bit. Mm-hmm. They try to like, you know, keep you creeped out the whole time, no matter what it is, in like subtle ways. That's mm-hmm. why I always hated like the okay, the whole movie's just like jump scares, you know, right. like the We've, I think we've talked about this, but like, you know, early 2000s, like when we were growing up, it was like, that's what it was. So like, you know, the teens go to the movies and like grab each other and yeah. it's like, oh, this, oh, I got scared. So, <laughs> and like, you know, early, like I wasn't sure, you know, 10, 12, 20 minutes in, if this was like psychological horror. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's one thing I really liked about it. Cause you're like, is this stuff happening or is it not happening mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I don't think this is a spoiler but i don't know that we ever really found that mm-hmm. out but I, I think it's up to interpretation and i i really liked that feeling of is this psychological or is this actually happening is it all uh, so that was something i really liked about the movie too I should have say I need to start saving all my websites so I can cite these. Save your links, Thais. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Um, I did read a quick article where um, he did say that he wanted to leave it up to interpretation. Mm. If you're the type of person that believes in folklore, you know, it, it affects yep. you differently than a person that is more, you know, analytical or whatever yeah, no doubt and this movie blended the two so beautifully that even if a person who doesn't believe in the supernatural still felt the weight of like the scare right and vice versa like somebody who does believe in it still understood that it was psychological you know we we like we said if you take a more logical point of view you're like oh this is the the trauma manifesting Mm -hmm. itself yep Oh, it's really good. It's really good. so good. Please, everyone, take our word for it. <laughs> grab a friend, grab a teddy bear. I don't care. Like, sit down and enjoy this fucking movie and then leave us a five star review saying thank you so much for making me watch this movie. <laughs> and then watch Tickle Monster and be tickled. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I do want to see that. I love a good three minute watch, you know? Oh, my God. But no, I ugh, I literally wrote like, oh, my God, the creature was so fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> like all the exclamation points. Yeah, like, we, we take different notes. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's like, great flick. <laughs> the makeup was fantastic. Totally it nailed it. Beautiful. Somewhere Tom Savini smiles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved 
the mystery of it all. I love the reveal. I, I, just, I just love this movie. There is nothing I can say bad about this movie. I've been trying to like think about like one critical thing and I, huh. I can't from the acting to the writing, to the music, to the camera angles, to the lighting, to like the music. I, Thais, you know I love talking about the music, especially <laughs> in horror movies. Mm-hmm. The scene early in the movie when Riel was walking from her park to like see those from her house <gasps> to like the park to see the kids, the mm-hmm. music that was playing, sweating, totally unnerving. Mm-hmm. I'm not super musically literate, so I don't know like what you call that, but it's like ten people just showed up with. They're like they each brought a creepy instrument and they were like, hey, let's just like play soft, like creepy music and just like mm-hmm. kind of creep people out. Oh, my God. Uh, fun fact about <laughs> music in movies. Um, I actually just learned this pretty recently. It was in a trade magazine that um, I was reading at work and I'm blanking on the violinist's name. But she was the solo violinist responsible for all the creepy violin solos in Get Out. And Mm. she was explaining that basically the movie is being played in front of her. She has the score and she's playing the violin to like to the movie. So she had to watch the scary movie while playing the violin to make sure it matched exactly. So like she's watching, you know, like they're acting and they're feeling so that she can then interpret like how she's going to play like this one lick. But the idea of that is like she she describes it. She's like, yeah, they put me in a dark room. <laughs> I just I had my music in front of me. Um, she had memorized most of it at that point, because like now she can be, you know, she can, right. uh, you know, be more expressive with it. But she's like watching a scary movie and like she's hearing herself play. And she's like, I don't want to play the next note because I know something's going to like jump out at me. <laughs> yeah. So to think about like a movie like this. Where like, what if they, if, I don't know if it's like every time or if it's just only when it's like a solo artist or something, but like if it, let's say it's every time, like they, they film the movie and now they need the music to match it. So imagine like a group of people with their cellos and violins and whatnots, like in a room and they're all like, like, like vibrating they're you know, they're looking at each other like, shit, she's going to turn the corner. She's going to fucking turn the corner. Where's that kid? Why does he have a soccer ball? Why does he keep like fucking hitting it against the wall? And then they're still playing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just feel like if you walked into that room, you could cut that tension with a knife. (laughs) Like everyone walks out of there, like super sweaty and just like disheveled. (laughs) And they're like, good job team. Like it sounded great. (laughs) And and I'm with you that I I really have nothing to criticize. So like from a critical standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, I I can see, like I said, a start, I can see why people might not like it because, you know, if you don't like horror movies, probably not going to like it. Well, uh, Yeah. (laughs) And also the story is about the refugees coming into the UK because this touched upon that topic, which I, I, I don't know. I Because I was trying to figure out like how big of a problem is it? Because again, I, I didn't know. And I guess in 2020, it was a very hot, pro- like a hot topic problem. So when this movie came out, like it just kind of, it really, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it triggered people because of it. Yeah. Um, the refugee crisis all over mm-hmm. Europe. many parts of the world so yeah so and this movie i mean do we need to like eulogize it just it did such a good job at making you making you the the viewer like feel isolated along with this couple i mean again i am not saying i know exactly how they feel because 
I don't. We can't. Yeah, <laughs> we just can't. But they did it in a in a good in a such uh, I don't know. It was just in like I want to say in an appropriate way of, you know, tying it with, OK, something's not right in their home and even outside of this home, right? They're like, let's like, they're trying to get away from like this creepiness that's going on. Like even outside now doesn't accept them <laughs> or, you know, it's not inviting. Mm-hmm. And like, they came here for, you know, for a better chance at life. What kind of life is this? <laughs> and right. you, f- and you like, you, you feel that regret, you know, like you, you understand, well, again, using that lightly, but like seeing how, we'll say like the natives <laughs> are treating them. Like how else are they supposed to react to that? Like no one's yeah. being like, it's, it, Oh my God. And like being a foreigner myself, like I, I mean, I didn't experience anything like that, but I remember in middle school, like kids would ask me like, Oh, how do you say a word in Portuguese or something? Or, like teach me your swear words. Or, like no one really wanted to get to know me that like, it was just, mm-hmm. it, I've definitely like, I was kind of like, I like picked on because of it. And, uh, and I think like parts of it too, like there's like whitewashing, like seeing bowl, like want to become one of them and seeing real being like, no, like I still want to like retain our heritage. Like I, I felt that personally because I've definitely like fought with that of like, do I want to become an American or do I want to be proud that I'm Brazilian? Like, you know, where's that fine line of like, you're just, acting like you're too much of an outsider and you're not getting along or you've forgotten completely who you are. Like, so that like hit home for me. And I think that's like the only thing that I can probably say that like I related to. (laughs) But also for Bull, you know, him trying to assimilate, it, it might just be that he's trying to forget what happened to him. He's trying to be a new self. Just because he feels like if he's someone new, then he doesn't have that burden that his old self carried. Yeah, which we've all done that, right? Like we've all gotten a new haircut when we made a mistake or we changed our style. Yeah. Whoa, Brady, do you have pictures? New year, new me. It was just a streak. It wasn't a big deal. Wait, really? No, I'm just messing with you. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) I was so excited. Yeah, there was a time in my life where every week I had a different hair color. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I, not I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you wanted to talk about? So I was watching it <laughs> with subtitles mm. and I have never heard this word before. So it's the scene where um, Rial is like in she's like meeting up with all her old like friends or maybe even family. I don't know. Like she's in a room with like a bunch of women. And <laughs> subtitles were like, uh, how do you pronounce this? Ululating? It was like ululating. Oh, yeah, yep. I have never heard that word before. I didn't know there was a word to describe. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was just like having so much fun with that word. I was just like, oh, this is a it's new a word. Like, word. I'm it's learning word. new things. <laughs> it was just a little stupid thing, but I, I wrote it down. I was like, ululating? <laughs> I I I love I love isn't it British people are like isn't it oh <laughs> like isn't it I just love isn't it and they say it like after everything even if everything, it doesn't really yeah. grammatically fit I like them calling a mate 
Oh, uh, is this a Peter Grouch thing a real song? <laughs> I forgot to look it up. Did you know anything about it? Peter Grouch? Yeah, when he's in the bar, when Bowl's in the bar and all those guys are drunk and they're like, Peter Grouch. Da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, and he yeah, starts yeah. like singing along. I, yeah, I wasn't quite sure what that was. I never looked it up. It, um, it kind of creeps me out, though. So I was like, oh, this is on brand yeah. for the movie. <sighs> okay. Should we talk about the creature? <laughs> I don't think so. What do you think? I feel like it it adds to the effect. <laughs> Should we talk about its origins? <laughs> we, you know, I, I thought about that. Like I put on my notes a path to so Night Witch. I thought mm-hmm. about looking it up. You can talk about it if you want. Okay. I I didn't feel super comfortable getting into Sudanese folklore that I didn't understand. Like I mm-hmm. looked up Sudan, the tr- you know, they talked about the tribes. Mm-hmm. I was trying to understand the war and they're just like so many tribes there and I don't yeah. I don't know enough about it. So I didn't feel comfortable talking like I knew anything about it after just like, watching one looking movie. it up yeah. on Wikipedia and like <laughs> I feel right. more comfortable doing that for like some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't for this. If you want to talk about it, absolutely. Um, I, did, well, I didn't want to get too into it myself, though. I, I get... feel like this whole episode is a little bit touchy for me. So <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I kind of wanted to like total line, just like try to focus on a movie aspect of it mm-hmm. um, and try to like avoid the politics and the history of it. Yeah. But that's just that's my thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll be the bad guy. <laughs> Whatever uh, you want. Yeah. Well, the only reason why I wanted to bring it up was because of this week's sponsor. <laughs> okay. I feel like if we don't educate the masses, how will they know to contact our sponsor? <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna call Ghostbusters? <laughs> No, that's not real. (laughs) Yeah, fair. Uh, So I guess before we get into the creature, this episode was sponsored by, do you feel like someone's watching you? Are there eyes looking back at you from holes in your walls? Do you see ghosts in the dark, but as soon as you turn the lights on, you see creepy wet footprints walking your way? Sounds like you've been marked by the Apath. Hello, we're the Apath Investigation Team, or AIT. We'll help you identify what you stole to help you rid the Apath. Some say we work for the Apath in that way, helping him gain what is owed, but not all our clients lose their lives. Some just lose body parts. So call us at 1-800-22-APATH. That's 1-800-22-APETH. Or you can reach us at worthreturningonce at gmail.com. AIT, giving back what was never yours. That was brilliant. <laughs> what, was the, what was the phone number? That's 1-800-22-APETH. That's brilliant. That's good. <laughs> so the Apeth, or the Night Witch, as we learned from Rial. There is this wonderful scene between the couple uh, where her story of this folklore mirrors 
how she feels Bull is acting. And I thought it was kind of funny in a way because I feel like this is how like this might be sexist, but like how women tell men <laughs> that they're doing something wrong. <laughs> like my mother warned me about you. <laughs> I don't know. I just I thought it was just like I was just charming in like a morbid way, I guess. But um, Riel, in a sense, like tells the story about how a man was, you know, so hungry uh, for like the perfect home, the perfect things or, you know, I don't know, to just be like the best person ever that he started stealing from people. And that one night he stole from an apeth or a night witch. And so this night witch then came after this guy and was like, motherfucker, like, give me the shit back. It was not yours teaching the guy that, you know, you can't just steal shit. You got to earn it type of situation. She definitely told it way more poetically than I just did, but that's kind of how I took the story. Mm. Um, and I didn't know if it was just for the movie's sake or if it's like a real folklore. And according to a few articles, it sounds like it is like an actual folklore. So mm. that was really interesting and neat. And I, I think that added to the spookery of it too um because i love ancient beings <laughs> oh yeah no doubt like the idea of like a sto- like something like this has been passed on through generation through generation um and i think it added like this weight of you know now they're fighting between like like their beliefs versus this new world that they're trying to adapt you know so it's not only like they're trying to get you know to to I don't want to say get over, but like, yeah, get over their trauma. But then they're also like battling and struggling with like, no, but then like our beliefs tell us like otherwise, or, you know, and it was just, I think the timing of that story being told in the movie was great. Um, And I, at first when I heard it, maybe, okay, here we go. Here's a critical moment for me. (laughs) I, when she told that story, I kind of got a little mad because I was like, oh no, like, is this what we're dealing with for the rest of the movie? Like, did they just give away what's happening? And so for like a split second, I was, I was kind of sad. Um, but then my hopes were, you know, lit up quite quickly afterwards because they just did a really great job at using that story to amplify like the rest of it. It wasn't, you know, like a, just a giveaway and now, you know, and you're just dealing because like some movies, it's it's kind of that thing, like where we've talked about, especially in like the ritual, like once you see it, it's not scary anymore, um, which like is why Blair Witch is like was like a favorite of mine because like you never saw the thing. So like you it let right. your mind wander. Yeah. So when you start hearing about like how like they might believe that it really is ghosts that are in the house, like I was kind of like, oh, damn it, like maybe it is then just ghosts. And now I'm sad. And like Brady was saying in the beginning of the episode, like the movie does such a good job at leaving you with just like room for interpretation. It could have been ghosts. It could have just been all in their mind. It could have been both. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you decide. And that's what makes this movie so great. Thais. <laughs> yes. Worth watching once. Uh, worth watching a million times. I feel like this movie would still be like, even if you know it's coming, it does such a good job at the pacing that it still would be scary every mm-hmm. single time you watch it. Yep. And maybe you'd end up noticing, you know, different little things like maybe a door moved when you didn't realize the first time or, you know, like, oh, my God, did the candle just go out or 
was it always out? Like, I don't remember. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's worth watching a bunch of times, but definitely once with something that you love that you can cuddle with <laughs> or, you know, I mean, watch it by yourself. If you're brave <laughs> in the dark, in the dark <laughs> with holes in your wall. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah. Go hammer a hole in your wall and then sit in the dark with like, or maybe just a candle and then watch this movie and then tell me you weren't scared shitless. We are not responsible for the hole in your wall if you decide to do that. So quick, quick disclaimer. Or actually we're doctors and we highly recommend watching this movie if you're constipated. Disavow, disavow, (laughs) disavow. Just clean your eyes. So listeners, you know what to do. Hit us up on Instagram at worth watching once email us at worthwatchingonespod at gmail.com. Leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars. Let us know if you've seen any of the shorts, any um, Remy Weeks shorts. <laughs> Just his shorts. <laughs> Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I will make it. To, if one of you sends me a picture of Remy Weeks wearing shorts, like you will forever be our favorite listener. <laughs> I will give you a pin that says WW1's favorite listener. <laughs> WW1. <laughs> and speaking of WW1, find us on Twitter at WW1Pod. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have fun shitting your pants. Until next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>